0: to be Locked On these podcasts, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. You can be up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating or interview as well. That would be much, much appreciated. And just a reminder, you can get the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. And if it's your first time listening to Locked On Leafs, Thank you so much. I hope that you enjoy it. Uh, We got a bunch of stuff that we got to get to on today's pod, actually. Um, Austin Matthews has returned to practice somewhat. How close is he to actually returning and playing? I'll let you know in just a couple of moments. We'll also discuss why goal scoring could increase this season and how the Leafs could be one of the biggest beneficiaries of it. And then there was a Maple Leaf rumor to potentially be on the move. I'll tell you about who that could be and why I think that it actually makes a little bit of sense and why it could maybe happen. Uh, but like I said, let's start with the Austin Matthews news because this is clearly what everybody wants to know. What is the status update with Austin Matthews, is he ready to go yet? The answer is no. He's not ready to go yet. And he may not be ready to go anytime soon. Well, soon is very relative. Won't be ready to go in the next couple of days, I'll say. Um, but Sheldon Keefe did speak today. Um, Austin Matthews was out there skating. There's some footage. You can watch it. You can go and see exactly what was going on. Um, so he was out there skating with the team. He was doing some drills, some one-on-one drills also with some coaches today. And and you could watch him skating around, shooting the puck. It uh, didn't look like he was you know, putting much effort into his shooting. I would imagine his wrist still isn't 100%, so not putting much stress on that, which I think is pretty smart. Um, but for the team drills, he left, uh, I think I saw the report, he left about 25 minutes into practice. I don't think it was because there was an aggravation. I didn't hear anything about that. I think it was just a matter of he was out there for a couple of specific drills and then he was going to get off uh, once the contact started. But um, here, I'll, uh, I'll let you hear from Sheldon Keefe himself on, uh, on his viewings and you know what he has to say about uh, Austin Matthews right now.
1: He's basically just doing the non-contact pieces, you know, the stuff that involves skating, shooting, passing, he's uh, pretty capable of that right now, he's going to stay on that plan, there's no set uh, timetable or anything at this stage, Uh, what's been communicated to me is that you'll you'll likely the next couple of days you'll see something similar to today and then we'll reevaluate from there.
0: Yeah, so it just doesn't look like he's ready to go yet. Um, Still just recently got the splint off of his wrist, uh, from what I know. Um, So he's not going to play. I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't play a single game. So far in this uh, in this preseason, Chris Johnston, new member of TSN, by the way, congratulations, CJ. Welcome to the TSN family. Um, really excited to have him aboard. So I'll, I'll try and be sure at some point to see if we can get uh, CJ onto the podcast and and you know get his pick his brain a little bit on what's going on with the Maple Leafs. But he said on Insider Trading today that there's not even a guarantee that he's back for game one of the season. Right, like he's not expected to play in the preseason. Um, he would like to be back. The goal is for him to be back game one. But it's not a guarantee. We'll see how he feels over the next little bit. Uh, but Sheldon Keith did also have another quick comment on uh, on Austin Matthews, and it was actually kind of uh, a really good thing to think about on how special last year was, and the fact that he was able to do it while being uncomfortable and being injured for most of the season i mean I, I know i've talked about it before but it's nice that to, to hear sheldon keith discuss it so i'll play that clip for you guys right now
1: see great potential i mean not just i mean the health of course is part of it but he's just he's going to continue to get better as a player and as an athlete uh, he's he's committed he's always working to add different layers to his game he's a year older more experience. so you know uh, you know the, this amazing season he had last season and, and of course knowing what he was going through, you know, that he didn't play many games where he was feeling 100% and yet still was incredible. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's exciting uh, t- to know that he's going to be feeling better when he gets back on the ice playing for real again.
0: And it's truly the guy led the league in goal scoring pretty handily, won the Rocket Richard, and had this wrist issue that nagged him for a large part of the season. He missed some games, and even when he did return, it wasn't quite the same. He went through some stretches when he returned from his injury um, where he didn't score as much as he was back when he was fully healthy. Like, when this guy was healthy, he was on a clip where he had, like, 17 goals in 19 games. Like, there was a legitimate chance, a legitimate conversation about, will he get to 50 50 goals in a 46 game in a 56 game season. That was a legitimate conversation. And you weren't even being hyperbolic the way that he was scoring. Um, because it wasn't even like it was just, you know, pucks going off, you know, his butt or he was only scoring on the power play and like there was some regression that was gonna come. He was just like shooting the puck better than anybody else in the league, and he just picks his spots. Like he gets the puck and he rips into the back of the net, and that's just how it happens. He, you know, just the way that he could shoot it, whether it's a snap, a a slap shot, he can deke you out. He can, you know, just take a a wrister on the fly. He could set up the one timer. You know, he can really score in so many different ways. He can tip the puck in front, uh, wrap around. Heck, I wouldn't be shocked if we saw at some point this season, if he tried to do like the Michigan or something. I I could honestly see it happening. Between him and Mitch Marner, you know, I'm going to be doing, like, my my crazy predictions podcast uh, throughout the week, and that might be one of them. One of those two will score a Michigan goal this year. Might even toss William Nylander in there, um, and, and one of those three will score uh, a Michigan goal. But, um, so, yeah, that's the update on Austin Matthews, for those who are wondering. Uh, Backskating did have a, some... Skated with the team a little bit today, um, just during some passing drills. But then once the contacts, uh, contact drills started to to come out, then uh, he, he hit the showers um, and uh, his day was done. He did some one-on-one skating as well, uh, you know, alternatively to that. So that's the update on Austin Matthews. All right, let's take a quick break. When we get back, I want to have a chat with you guys about how NHL goal scoring could be on the up and up this season, and it's due to the league potentially calling a certain penalty more often. I'll tell you all about it when we return here on the Locked on Leafs podcast. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you all your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows in all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's a no annual contract so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your tv together with direct tv stream you can learn more at directtv.com that's directtv.com compatible device required content varies by package We're back, and better than ever, all eyes on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season, and they're getting back onto the ice for some hockey. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything Football, you can head to the website or use your promo device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial investment just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code nfl 100 from football basketball boxing hockey right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports bet online your online sportsbook experts welcome back to the lockdown lease podcast mike DeStefano, the host of this program and just a reminder, Lockdown Leafs is each and every day, Monday to Friday. We'll be doing some post-game analysis, some pre-game stuff. You know, we chat anything, you know, all the big news that's going around. League-wide as well, you know. It's not just hyper, hyper hyper-focused on the Maple Leafs. I mean, it is mainly going to be Maple Leafs talk. But we go around the league, you know, when Jack Eichel eventually decides to leave Buffalo, we will chat about it. Trust me, that will happen. Um, You know, the trade deadline will come up or there's a a big trade, a big signing. We'll react to all of that. But first and foremost, most importantly, this is your number one destination for all things Leafs. I really want to thank you for giving me the opportunity today, since you're listening to the podcast, to show you what I got. And if you enjoy it, like I said earlier in the show, hit subscribe, and then we will have... Uh, daily Leafs conversations. And if you want to get social with me, ask me some questions online for me to bring to the podcast. I love answering questions for you guys on the pod. Get social at Mickey underscore Canuck is my personal Twitter. At Lockdown Leafs is the show Twitter. You know, message me on both, and uh, and I'll be happy to answer any questions you guys have. Uh, So... I, I was talking about how goal scoring could go up and how it could benefit the Maple Leafs, because there's a certain penalty, I guess, that is going to be uh is going to be uh they're gonna clamp down on it this season, and that's cross checks. And specifically cross checks in front of the net. And Austin Matthews uh took some some hard lumber to the back last year a couple of times. And I remember it being a big story, like a massive story, about these star players, how they try to go to the front of the net, and then you got guys like Shea Weber and Ben Sherratt and even Jake Muzzin out there just being lumberjacks and just hacking and whacking, and nothing was called. Nothing was called. Now, I somewhat appreciate the old-school nature of that, um, you know, you want to go into the crease, you're going to have to pay for it, right? There's there's a price of admission to get into the goalie's kitchen. That's what I always used to say. It's a nice catching line, right? There's a price of admission into the goalie's kitchen, and you want to get in there, there's a price to pay. And that's a couple of whacks to your back or hacks to the back of your leg. So, um, so there's... Apparently, the NHL is going to try and clamp down on that this season, though. They don't want their star players taking those extra unnecessary hits to the back um, for no reason. So in order to try and get that out of the game, what do you do? You call it more. That's just what happens, right? Before, there was so much slashing to the hands and some hooking calls. They started calling it, and all of a sudden, goal scoring goes up because two things. One, you were getting more penalties, and two, you weren't getting stick in the hands area as much because players conditioned themselves not to do that so they didn't get the penalty and it said the players kind of had more of a free reign to get their shots off it's going to be similar here right if one of two things going to happen either they're going to score goals uh, on the power play it's going to create more power play create more opportunities to score or there's going to be a lot more deflections and screens and tips and you know banging away at rebounds, and you'll have goals scored that way because you'll have pests like uh, Michael Bunting and Nick Ritchie um, and Wayne Simmons who are just going to park themselves right in front of the goalie, right in front of the net, and not have to pay for it, and they'll just sit there free. Just sit there. They're going to love it. Um, but uh, Sheldon Keith had something to say on this as well, though, but before I get into it actually uh, Travis Yost, I do have some audio from Sheldon Keefe and also from Wayne Simmons, their thoughts on this uh, as well but before I get into it um, Travis Yost wrote a great piece on this from tsn.ca uh, I-, I knew that this rule was coming but he really p- gave me some good talking points and some good statistics that, that I pulled from that article that I want to share with you um, so these, all of these stats uh, that I'm about to pull out here um, and these facts are, are all from that article from Travis Yost so if you want to read the whole thing go so and do that on tsn.ca it's entitled rule 59 enforcement could cause scoring spikes so rule 59 i guess is is the the cross check rule so last season only 0.3 cross check calls were made per game 0.3 so that means and there was only a cross check that was called one in every three games that's crazy there's cross checks every single game all day long, there are cross-checks in hockey. It's it's honestly very similar to holding in football. Yeah, you could call a holding call in every play on an offensive lineman if you really want to be a stickler. Just like if you wanted to call a cross-checking, you could probably call four or five serious cross-checks throughout a hockey game if you really want to be a stickler. So the fact that there's only literally one in every three games pretty well that were getting called um, that's saying something. And this is what I found even more kind of wild. Um, Yos went went ahead and and looked this up. You know who the league leader in cross check penalties was someone who took the most cross checking penalties. It was Miko Rantinen. Miko Rantinen, a forward, and he only had five. Only had five, and he led the league in cross check penalties. But like. A forward. I get he's a big power forward. I understand that. But like, how is it not a defenseman? How is it not someone like a Jake Muzzin or a Shea, Shea Weber or a Ben Sherrod or Drew Doughty? Like these dudes who just bully people out in front of the net to open up space and to allow their goalie to see pucks, How was it not one of those guys who took the uh, uh, who took these penalties? A Darnell Nurse type of guy. Like, I just it, it baffles me and it just goes to show how the, that call wasn't getting made, it just wasn't. But we can all sit there and say, yeah, there's been a couple of penalties that probably should have been called that didn't get called. And uh, so Travis Yost estimates that even if the cross checking call becomes as common as a trip, a hook, or a slash which is nearly one uh, per game. Some of them have more than one per game. uh, But pretty well, if you get one cross-checking call per game, which I think you should, there probably is, (laughs) you would imagine, on average, one cross-check per game, then we could see an uptick of 2.5% in goals, which is an extra 187 goals. 187 goals, which I think is, is crazy. And like I said, it's 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 it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that how that works, right? Like even if it doesn't result in more power plays, it will allow players to screen and tip pucks, and and that should also increase scoring. Um, and actually, Leafs head coach Sheldon Keefe believes that his team specifically, the Maple Leafs, could benefit from an increase of cross checking calls as well. So here's what Sheldon Keefe. Had to say on uh, on them putting a, uh, an emphasis on calling the cross check rule.
1: It's cross checking or any of the other rules. You know, if they're if they're called at a high standard and it's consistent, I think that that would uh, benefit you know any team with high end talent, and I think it benefits the league and benefits the game. Um, we'll see. Have to see how that plays out, and the players are going to have to adjust, but certainly. You know, uh, we would like to have more power play opportunities if they're warranted. Uh, and, of course, with that, we've got to make sure our power plays is, is better than it was at the tail end of last season.
0: Yeah, well, that's definitely for sure. If you're going to be gifted with a couple more power plays a game uh, or at least one extra power play a game, hopefully you're not operating at 10%. That would be nice if you could get back to the 25-ish percentile. Um operating rate that would be most ideal for the Maple Leafs. Um, yeah, just saying. But, anyways, it, it, but one of the key things there and about this penalty is is something that he did say. And he talked about, you know, consistency. If 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 there's a, a, a consistent basis to the call, then he's all for it. Go ahead. And interestingly enough, Wayne Simmons had a very similar thing to say, right? Like proper implementation has to be there. And the consistency has to is, is gonna be a key. And it's tough because it's somewhat of a subjective call. Like if if you know you're out there absolutely two handing guys to the back, sure, you could probably call that. But if you're just given a, a you know a light shove and the guy's just moving on his skates and not taking a tumble, is that going to be called? Like, it probably shouldn't, but will it be? Like, what's going to be the consistency level? And are some guys going to get away with a little bit uh, harder of a shove than others? You know, like, what is the consistency going to be here? It's something that I'm sure they'll figure out early within the season, what the refs are calling, what they can get away with, what they can't get away with. But that's going to be the tough part, right? The subjectivity to this to this call, and that's kind of a fear that Wayne Simmons says that he has about this. Uh, here, have a listen to uh, Wayne Simmons's issues here, and just hoping that there could be some sort of consistency with this rule.
1: To be honest with you, I don't, I don't, I don't see how they're really gonna um, be able to do it in front of the net. I think it's just part of the game, and it just, just kind of happens sometimes. I think they're egregious ones, yeah, but you know, there's sometimes there's a little bit of posturing there, and um, you know, the player. You know, on the offense, kind of uses it as you know a tool as well. I guess it could help us. It could help other teams, but um, you know, I think I'm more you know looking for consistency. If you're gonna call it, you know, make sure you get you're calling it, you know, by the book both ways, and you're not letting anything slide. You know, sometimes, you know, you hear they're gonna clamp down on some things, and you know, as the season gets going, you know, the longer we go, you know, they kind of loosen up on it. So if you're gonna do it, I think you just got to be consistent. You know, throughout the full 82 game schedule and playoffs, especially.
0: Yeah, so, like, that that's the big fear, right? Like, often they really clamp down on something for the first, like, 10 games of the season, and then it kind of withers away a little bit. you got to see what's—this is somewhat happening in the NFL. The first two weeks, the amount of taunting calls that we saw was just ludicrous, absolutely insane. And then in week three, there were not nearly as many taunting calls, despite there being just as, you know, just as— what i consider to be you know great acts of celebration uh out there on the football field as there was the first couple of weeks right and and granted thank god because that's uh, i i don't want to get off on a a tangent here about football but that's possibly the worst uh rule change that i have ever seen in my life for taunting it's not even taunting though like there's just legitimate celebrating this is like If someone yells too loud, like if Austin Matthews were to rip a goal under the bar to, like, kill off, uh, you know, like they either complete a four goal comeback and he hadn't scored in like six games and he finally scores and it's the game tire or maybe even the overtime winner. And we'll call it the game tying goal. I guess the game tire. And he just lets out a woo. Let's go. And like skates by uh, the bench of the opposing team. Let's just call it Montreal just for funsies. Uh, And and he gives them a little look and kind of raises arms or something. Well, that's a penalty. Like that's literally what it was like in the NFL. It was absolutely ridiculous. And I'm glad that it seems like uh, after the first couple of weeks of going ham on it, they are withering away from it. Uh, but, anyways, back to um, back to the conversation here about uh, about the the scoring spike that we could see here. Um, if it does result in more power plays and it does get called, you know, relatively. Uh, as common as they're trying to make it out to seem, you know, uh, you know, more of an enforcement could cause a spike in this penalty. More power plays, more opportunities to score. And with the least power play, yeah, yeah there's a sour taste in the mouth from last year. But there's a lot of talent, lots of talent, and they got a new coach, right? Spencer Carberry's in here. Came from the AHL, AHL Coach of the Year. He's a he's a um, a creative mind. He's already somewhat got some things changing. You've got uh, you've got uh, Marner in the bumper now. Looks like you're going to have uh, Matthews and Nylander now on the walls, on the flanks, and it's going to be interesting to see how it all works out. Obviously, we haven't seen it in progress yet, haven't seen it in action I should say, due to the fact that, well, it's preseason and not all these players A, are playing because Matthews is not, and B, playing together because they just get split up all the time. But more opportunities to score, and when you have a skilled team like the Maple Leafs, um, that should work out in their in, in their favor. And like I said, guys like Michael Bunting, guys like Nick Ritchie, guys like Wayne Simmons, dudes who just want to just get and get to the net and just park it there and stay there and make it uncomfortable for the defenseman and the goaltender, it also makes it easier for them to do that job there. So, um, Yeah, this is going to be interesting to see if this does lead to the amount of uh, increased scoring that Travis Eos is projecting based on uh, the numbers and models that he's got. All right, one more break when we get back. Tell you all about the player that potentially could be on the move. There's one guy that James Myrtle threw out there not too long ago about there are being teams who could be interested in him and have been calling on him. I'll tell you who that player is in a moment here on the Locked On Lease podcast. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Did you know that the Built Bar has 9 delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time only right now They've got Grasshopper Cookie. It is phenomenal. And when you talk to a Bilt Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about all of their favorites. If you don't know the Bilt Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. You got Coconut, Coconut Almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. And know this, my favorite flavor, the peanut butter brownie. It is fantastic. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors that we provide. And not only are the Bilt Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. They're great for the health conscious guy or gal, but also good for the keto diet. Most of the flavors have seven 17 grams of protein, just 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. Order today and get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever you like and get it now. Go to BiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BiltBar.com. All right, you are back here in the Locked On Lease podcast. Thank you so much again for listening to the show. Really appreciate you coming in and hanging with me, um, doing shows each and every day, Monday to Friday. Make sure you're subscribed, and you'll get that content directly to your phone. Um, I am Mike Stefano, the host of this program. So... The player that I've been referring to over the next little, over the last little bit about somebody who could potentially be on their way out. There's been some trade chatter, some rumor mill gossip happening with this guy. It's Pierre Engvall, the uh, big, long-necked forward, uh, former seventh-round draft pick of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and it, it it makes a little bit of sense. Like he's making, uh, I think, what 1.25 million on the cap. That could be replaced with someone who's making league men and and open up a little bit of of cap space there, right? And, and if you could accrue cap space through the season, it also allows them to make a bigger deadline ad as well, right? So there's there's a couple of reasons why you could do it. Um, one being the fact the, the cap savings that you could get. The other kind of being the fact that, I mean, a I think he's a replacement level player, and B. There's about a dozen replacement-level players on this roster now. Like, the Maple Leafs really went out and went ham after some depth guys. Like, this is pretty well how I see this lineup looking uh, right now. So, one of Richie and Bunting... Richie and Bunting will take up the top six spots, most likely, right? The, the two, you know, line one or line two on the left wing. You got Matthews, Martin, Tavares, and Nealander. So, your top six... Probably pretty well uh, locked up, and then I think Mikheyev, Kampf, possibly Kasha, who looked really good in the in the preseason game the other night, you know, and then Simmons, Kerfoot, and Spetsa. Like I could see this being your like best twelve guys that you throw out there as your twelve forwards uh, come night one or when the team is fully healthy. One of the names not on there is Pierre Engvall. He's just not there. And Do you really want Pierre Engvall to be a seventh guy at? $1.25 million. Like, that's not a lot of money, but for this team, it doesn't quite fit into that cap structure. When you have a guy like Adam Brooks, Brent Sini, Michael Amadio, Joey Anderson, uh, Josh Hosang, who's here on a PTO and probably will sign for dirt cheap, Semianov, Curtis Gabriel, who they signed for pretty cheap. Um, did I say Nikita Gusev? If not, Gusev's another option that they could use as well. Like, there's just so many other players who could be either the 13th forward or the next man up uh, should injuries occur that could move up in the lineup. And I don't think there's much of a drop-off from Pierre Engvall to these guys. And if Engvall's not going to be playing every night, it's kind of a Josh Levo situation, right? Like, it, it, the the Maple Leafs are, are really good at this. Um, they're really good about this, I should say. They often find a home for guys who uh, they believe are NHLers but aren't for their club, or guys who need a change of scenery or want a new opportunity, right? Josh Levo, one of those guys a couple of years ago, they traded him for nothing. Miko Lettinen last year was traded for nothing. Barabanov was traded for nothing, like relatively nothing. Uh, there was a return, but it wasn't really much. Um, Like, the Leafs have a good history of doing this, of trading away guys who want to see if they can latch on with another team uh, with, with more opportunity. So I could see Pierre Engvall being kind of that next guy who's in this predicament where he finds himself either as the 13th forward or a guy who's just making a little too much money, and they feel like they could do just as well with a guy like Simmons or Spetza or Kasha in the lineup or a guy like Brooks, uh Adam Brooks or Brett City or, you know, Nick Robertson could come up, right? Like these names that I, I just talked about a moment ago, it just makes a lot of sense to me. Like I know he was drafted, developed here by this team. Um, you know, he came through the ranks with Dubis, with Sheldon Keefe, but I think an opportunity elsewhere could be best for both parties. I really do. I think it could be best. Like, there's just plenty of depth uh, with this forward group for for fourth liners. Like, at the end of the day, like, that's what Pierre is. He's a fourth liner who can play on the penalty kill. That's what Pierre Angval is. Uh, You'd say the same about Adam Brooks. You know, Nick Robertson, maybe he can develop him into a penalty kill kind of guy. You know, Brett Cini was out there a little bit, Joey Anderson, Semyonov. Like, there's enough players on this team. Uh, that could fill his role at League men they don't necessarily need to keep him around here and if teams are calling like has been suggest, uh, suggested i mean it makes sense to me right so i could totally see this happening i could definitely see it happening i mean it's not they're not going to get much i mean a mid to late round pick like fourth fifth sixth round pick like that's what you'll get for uh for Pierre Angval. So don't expect a big return. Um, but like a mid to late round pick, I think, is is best for both parties. Uh all right. And, and granted he, the, the trade may not even come. Like this is just a pure uh you know, Myrtle I think said there are teams calling on him. I don't know if they're actively shopping him though. This is just somewhat speculation um and me giving my commentary on that speculation and kind of saying how it could make sense. Uh, So I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying anything. Just that this is discussion that is being had within uh, Leafs Nation. Uh, All right. Lastly, the Maple Leafs head out to Ottawa for a couple of games, the first one tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Don't expect many regulars tomorrow night in the lineup. Sheldon Keefe said that uh, it'll be mainly roster bubble guys we're going to get, uh, they'll get a good look tomorrow. So we'll see what the lineup ends up looking like when they release it tomorrow uh, morning. Uh, but as for now, not exactly sure. But it, I don't believe they're sending many um, and many regulars up to Ottawa with the club. So whatever that means, um, probably not going to see Marner out there. Maybe not even Nylander or Tavares. We'll see what it looks like uh, tomorrow morning. I'll, I'll post it to the to the uh, the lockdown lease Twitter page. But that is going to do it for me here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked On Leafs. I'll be back with another episode tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, Uh, we'll be recapping the game against the Ottawa Senators. I believe I've been chatting with the Locked On Sens folk. Uh, We may do a crossover podcast Uh, So that has potential tomorrow night, but uh, we'll see what we end up doing. But regardless, there will be an episode. And until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.